Just give us one hour, and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is most definitely all about the heart. We love hearing from our listeners. Follow me on Twitter at Lisa Kamen and HH Talk Radio and tweet at us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Today we are talking about the power of creativity in dance and music to transform and change. And with me today is a unique talent in the world of entertainment. Teresa Taylor has more than 20 creative years experience producing and brokering dynamic talent and projects with a focus on dance, music, and television. Her various roles of producer, writer, and former dance and choreography agent have allowed her to work collaboratively with some of the most visionary dance and creative artists in the industry. She is the recipient of many awards, and she, at the heart of her career, is the the spirit of dance through the Global Dance Initiative, also known as the GDI, Her dream is to use the power of dance in the media today to ignite the positive power of dance globally and to use its art form simply to inspire. Good morning, Teresa. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thanks for for having me. (laughs) Oh, well, we love profiling organizations and projects such as yours because the world needs creativity for many reasons. And maybe you can elaborate those for our audience. Well, you know, dance is, I've been so honored as, as you, as you read in my, my overview of, of what I've done in my career, I've been so honored to work with dance and with some of the most um, talented performers and creators. And over the, over the years, um, as I've watched dance evolve and become so popular and have its ups and downs, but now it's at its all time up. I just, 
the one thing that always came through was when people danced, they changed. And it, it may have been 30 seconds. It might be five seconds. It might be, you know, an hour. But when people are dancing, there there's something very different about how they feel. And you're, you've got television audiences and film audiences sitting in, in theaters and you know inside themselves they just want to move. Um, so I started paying attention to the way the people that I knew – um, through the professional dance world, we're using dance on the other side with as a life force. And what started coming forward was so beautiful. And I wanted to just run somewhere and just start screaming like, yes, watch Dancing with the Stars, but look at what this person's doing for these kids with Down syndrome or a returning veteran from um, active duty or just at a wedding, just Uncle Joe, who, you know, may, may be a little tight <laughs> yes. on his money, but, you know, it, it's true. You know, when people are dancing, their minds their minds are in a different place. Uh, the thoughts are quieted about all the problems in the world, and they just are, uh, they just feel different. There's, a, there's an emotional change in the brain that can't be, uh, that can't be explained. And so I was very driven to try to shine the light on all of these people that are using dance in this way because I could have started an organization and I could have gone out and started a dance for cancer, but there were so many, there's millions of people already doing these amazing things. And what I felt was missing was a unified voice for them and, and a way to combine their energy and mostly a way for us to show people in other parts of the world and hear what other people are doing across our borders so that we can try to inspire each other. It's a nonverbal language. It's powerful in that you don't have to even speak the same language to help each other or just have fun with each other or connect. Um, so our three, our three goals are to find people and organizations and even projects that heal, connect, or inspire. And that word connect in the middle is, is vital because we know it heals and we're going to keep shining the light on all of the people that are using it to, you know, cure, cure and, and help people with diseases and, and, you know, with health conditions. Inspire is something our world just needs more of. And then connection. I mean, we've got to connect with each other in a different way in this world. And it's amazing what dance can do for that. And that is something I think people haven't been just aware of as much as I think they can be. Well, and, and I think the connection part is is key because if you look at America in particular and some of the other uh, Western world countries, there's a lot of depression, isolation, isolation and loneliness. And one of the things that I see dance can do is inspire us to come back into community, which helps alleviate some of these systems. Absolutely. These symptoms, rather. Yeah, and, and, you know, the world of technology, there's so many negative things that are coming forward about um, about the way we all communicate now, but there's so many positive things about it, and I, and I know there's a lot of people out there in the world doing really wonderful things using technology, but it's as simple as I met a girl recently who, who's starting a program where they connect with people in, in, with, with youth in Afghanistan, and they do it through the computer, and the kids in Afghanistan and the kids here are teaching each other moves, and then they publicly perform in their own country those, those shared, learned moves. And it's something so simple, but, you know, you can reach across the world 
in a computer, I mean, I, I hope we can reach across the world more, you know, human to human, but it just using the, the gifts of technology, these people are, are literally going to change someone's life because that one experience is going to change their life, that they're going to carry it with them inside of them. Um, and they're going to have seen something else in the world and be inspired that the world is out there and, and an interesting place to go into, not a place to destroy. Um, and it's just, there's just story after story of just people connecting and people, you know, coming in and connecting with their families. There's a dance company named Diavolo that does a program called Familia and they go into a community center and they bring families together and they have fun and they dance and they just enjoy each other and do various things for a couple of hours and have dinner together. And the stories that come back to them are amazing about just all of a sudden a son looks at his father differently or his mother and they, you can't, you can't explain how that little tiny one night moment might change that family dynamic for generations. I have one of those moments. I had a grandma who was quite the dancer and I was at a, a, a bar or bat mitzvah. I must've been five or six years old, which is really like a hundred years ago, but I saw her on the dance floor, totally bust a move. And I thought, oh my God, I've never seen Grandma Ida in that way. And suddenly she wasn't just this little bitty grandma. She was vitality. Her life force shined through. You know, it was Absolutely. quite spectacular. And, you know, and here I am decades later recalling this as you're sharing. And, and, Exactly. And, and the, the group collective, you know, the group energy, um, and it, and it's, it's, it's so obvious with a flash mob and some of this seems so common sense, but, but, you know, you, you bring a group of people together in a flash mob and, and they are having so much fun, but they, they can be 10 bodies away from somebody else. And, and all of a sudden just feel connected to them in some way. And flash mobs are fun. They bring smiles to people's faces, the people that are watching them, you know, moving along. But what that is, is it's, it's an illustration of collective energy. And there's more and more 1 billion rising. There's, there's more and more efforts to take a cause or something we need to be aware of and get people around the world dancing. And you think, well, you're in all these different cities and you're in all these different countries, but they Anyone who's participated in those events has said there's something very mysterious and magical about how they feel connected in those moments. Um, and it's, you know, meditation, prayer, all kinds of things are out there in the world that that bring people's energy together. But dance is so fun. I mean, it's fun. And it is... Um, it's something like I said when we start when I started the initiative, I just believe that collective energy is is something we just we've got to be more aware of. And if people are dancing together and aware of what other people are doing with it, we're going to make some differences. People are going to be inspired to do something similar. I agree. And 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 dance does something very profound, especially for people when they are undergoing something. You know, when someone's going through a difficult period in their lives or recovering from trauma, it gets us back to the very place that we tend to want to escape from, which, which is our body. Absolutely. And there are people that can't move their bodies. I've a, I, one of my dance heroes is a woman named Donna Russo, and she works with another woman named Tam Warner. And in her body, she can't do what she used to be able to do as a dancer, but she still 
dances and they dance and they use able-bodied dancers next to her to express her uh, movements. And it's just, it's stunning. Um, and there's, you know, there's definitely proof in the neuroscience world now that it is, it is changing the way the brain heals when people are using music and dance married together. And there's a reason for that. It's because the music changes the way the brain is ticking and the dance is changing the way the body is responding. And grounding, you know, be, grounding. being able to be aware of one's body and being rooted back at home base, which we often stray from when we're, when we're deep in our minds, we are not in our bodies. We're someplace exactly. else. Exactly. One of my favorite writers is Miguel Ruiz. And, and, you know, one of the books he has is The Voice of Knowledge. And his, his concepts are so simple, but it's about quieting the mind. And when you're yes. dancing and when you're moving and when you're listening to music and when you're just in your most pure form. And that's what prayer and meditation and all of the different forms of collective energy are. But when you're dancing, um, your, your brain is, is in a different state of, of being and you are closer to we your are, inner self. We are going to actually dance off for a quick break. And when we return, we're going to carry on the conversation with Teresa Taylor. To learn more about the Global Dance Initiative, please visit the namesake website, globaldanceinitiative.com. On Facebook, the page is Global Dance Initiative. And on Twitter, the handle is GD underscore initiative. Here come the tunes, and we will be right back dancing, of course. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on t-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Love is in the air, in the whisper of the tree. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. We are talking about the power of dance and music to change, to change not only ourselves, but to help change and heal the world. Teresa Taylor is a life force in the entertainment industry. She has had, she has more than 20 creative years of experience producing and brokering dynamic talents and projects with a focus on dance, music, and TV. And she is the founder of the Global Dance Initiative. And we're talking about how 
she's helping to move and change the world through dance. Teresa, let's carry on the conversation about um, dance as an inspirational force and what it does to us physiologically. Okay. Um, you know, I was recently talking um, to a, a beautiful creator in our industry named Dory Sanchez. And uh, Dory has worked with Cher. She has worked with so many artists. Um, and she's just one of those souls that when you meet her, there's there's just a um, there's an aura around her that's just so beautiful. And Dory was taken down um, quite suddenly by a brain tumor. And... Um, we were just talking about the fact that she had, you know, she was laying in her bed. She was unable to move and in her, but her mind was somewhere pulling herself out. And she said, she just laid there and she's like, I must move again. I must move again. And I, and she used everything she knew about how her body moved to pull herself emotionally. She's now working with her doctors on a, um, on a vocabulary, a very simple vocabulary that doctors can carry forward um, into their into their into their work and into their healing and their simple movements and that's I guess what that's one of the things she she said you know it, it doesn't you don't have to be a dancer dancers the professional dancers choose to entertain and they are driven passionately like many many artists are to just do their their uh, gift, you know, to express their gift, but you don't have to be a dancer. This is, these movements are simple and, and, um, but they're transforming and they're working right now in the medical field to, to find out how the difference between uh, someone recovering that just moves and someone, you know, that's using the traditional methods, but it's, it's, it's more than just the, the legs moving, um, in a traditional physical therapy, there's something that they can't explain about the, um, what, the, what the music does to, to allow the brain to have room to heal and what the, the, the dance does to allow people to believe they can heal um, in a different way. And that's, and, and that's why these heroes, I call them my heroes, um, when I started out and I knew that I wanted to spotlight everything from nonprofit organizations to individuals to you know, um, active projects, I wanted to have the freedom to um, talk about the stories of, of how dance is used in every way possible. Um, and this, and then, so we, we call them heroes because each of these people or projects or endeavors, they're doing something in the world that's, um, that's very, very special. And there's just story after story of, of how it affects people in such a wonderful positive way but it doesn't have to be professional dance it doesn't even have to be choreographed dance or trained dance it's really just about moving to the music the way your body um is primally programmed to do yes i was just the, the word primal just came to my mind because we really are um it's in our dna to uh, gravitate towards that mother beat, you know, wh whatever mm -hmm. that is, whatever culture we come from. But something uh, just popped into my mind about healing and the therapeutic uh, uh, benefits of dance. I, I work with a lot of people who have been through trauma. And oftentimes I will refer um, people who have issues with body image to consider taking up belly dancing or somebody who has been um, through rape. Uh, mm -hmm. to perhaps learn to dance with a partner again as a way of forming trust with another human being. You know, just that small 
um, incident of connectivity can help restore faith in, in another, where there has been a betrayal, a violation of the body, a violation of self. So the, the therapeutic uh, benefits are tremendous in they dance. Are, they are, and that connection word again, I mean, I, I'm not, I do not want to downplay the inspiration or the healing property, but the connection um, is just what we need in our world. You know, it's that simple. And um, one of the things that I, I, I strive to do, and, I, and I'm talking to a few of the professional ballroom dancers out in the world about this right now, is simply going into the homes of returning veterans, and, I, and not, not necessarily the ones that are coming home injured, just the ones that are active duty, have been transplanted, to reconnect with their family and their spouse um, through that touch and through that moment. And I, I just know that if we could get some people connecting in that way, when they come home, those stories of how families fall apart after, you know, we, after somebody t- gives their time to our country would, would shift. Um, if we could, you know, there's, if we could break cultural barriers, uh, Pierre Delane, who, was is the founder of Dancing Classrooms, uh, the inspiration, you know, the story of Mad Hot Ballroom. He did another movie called Dancing and Jaffe, and he he took two cultures that are not supposed to like each other, but he took their children. And the children, are, all they know is that they've been told. That's all they know. The voices have told them they're not supposed to engage with that other, with the other culture. And he said, it's okay. You're going to dance with them. And they they did not know what to do. And the minute they danced together, you could just see a shift. And if those kids are going to be the future of those two countries and those, you know, they are going to be different from that one experience. Uh, and that cultural barrier breaking down is very powerful. And the therapeutic connection is powerful. And the um, the family unit and the unity of family can feel is powerful. And those are the stories that I hope to keep telling my, my mission with the initiative is, is very, very simple. People, a lot of people ask me what the end game is and I'm like, Oh, there is no end game. This is, this is, this is an effort to unite and tell stories and to inspire others. And it, I hope it goes on and on and on. There is no ultimate goal. It's, it's just about, um, letting people know how powerful this is so that they can try it in their own community or in their own country. Mm. To, to engage with the Global Dance Initiative, say somebody wants to bring awareness of a program to you. What what are you seeking? What are you looking for? What where do when you, you want to go with this? When you when you go to the site, um, we created a section called Take Action, and my goal was to make it to where anyone could t- could could take an action point, could do something if they wanted to. So there's three very simple things you can do. You can nominate a hero. You can simply tell me about someone out there in the world that is doing something amazing, and I will go talk to them and find them and learn their story. Or you can become a delegate. And our delegates, um, we, we have ambassadors, which are the leaders of, of the dance industry, and this is growing daily as well, and their voices are on the site kind of calling to action and talking about the power of dance. But on the other side, you can become a delegate. And what that is is a virtual voice in your own, in your virtual community or in your home community just to go help us find the stories and help us tell the stories. And the third way for someone who doesn't want to take that active of a role 
or might not know a hero but loves the stories and wants to help, they can make a donation. And I didn't originally want to take donations, but the donations are going to go towards supporting very specialized uh, goals of these programs and also to, to help initialize new programs like the returning veterans program where we connect with their spouse or family. So in essence, the Global Dance Initiative is your happiness project. It's your, it's your passion project. It is. To serve. I, it is because I love dance so much and I, um, and I want to just make, I just want to spread the word of all the people that are using it. Um, and I have an ability to do that in some way unique because I have worked for 29 years in the industry. And I, I have the ability to align with some of the most uh, respected voices in the, in the dance and choreography industry to tell this message and to tell the stories. How can social media help with this message? You know, just talking, um, sharing and um, appreciating. And even if you don't share the story, take something about the story into your life um, and just take it into your life as an inspiration. Um, talk to somebody at dinner, talk about one of the stories you read. You know, social media is a wonderful, wonderful tool, um, but it's only, it, it, we, we still have to live life and we still have to tell the stories of life. You know, and Twitter is a wonderful vehicle, but you Twitter's a vehicle to read a story. And so I just hope, I hope people will share the stories and again, take one little thing from these stories they read into their own life, even if it's just to live in their heart and make them feel better that someone else in the world is doing something really great or talk about it. What about challenging our listeners today? And maybe we should do this on social media. In fact, we will do this on social media to uh, bust a, a dance move around their dinner table. Absolutely. Tonight, tomorrow night, like, you know, like <laughs> hashtag, you know, bust a move or something like that. Well, you know? That is so funny because the one thing, if I could say, I have one, I have one last thing. I know we only have a minute, but can you imagine if we could get some of the corporate bo uh, boardrooms to start their meetings or negotiations with a dance? Like this 15 seconds. I get it. I, I see it. I see it. Where they start talking about making our life decisions for us. If they could move together. I mean, what that would do, um, Ellen does it on her show so beautifully, but it, it, would, it would bring the energy of, of that group of people into such a different place before they go into, you know, running countries. So absolutely. At the dinner table, I challenge Congress. I challenge corporate boardrooms. If you're about to go into negotiation, take a moment and, and move with each other and then sit down and see what happens. Yeah. Exactly. I, I know. I, uh, I, I love to dance. My children are completely embarrassed by me as a dancer. And I will say I'm, I'm pretty good at it, but they will see me dance and they will be like, oh my God, my mom is out of control. It's very, very funny. But as they've gotten older and they have gotten into dance, both have a boy and a girl, it's shifting, you know, because they see they see the power of being in one's body, being in flow, and being in the gift of the present moment. I think, which is probably one of the most powerful tools that dance brings us. Absolutely, uh, even if it's just for a moment. Happiness is about moments, and that collective moments in your world is what's going to make you genuinely feel happy, quote unquote. Um, and that's what dance well, does. It creates those moments, and and they don't even have to have words. They don't have to have explanations. They just create that moment. 
And I am grateful to have been able to create several wonderful moments uh, dancing with words with you today, Teresa Taylor. Thank you. To learn, <laughs> to learn more, please visit the globaldanceinitiative.com. On Facebook, the page is Global Dance Initiative. And on Twitter, that handle is GD underscore initiative. And I challenge our listeners everywhere to go home and bust a move with your families tonight. Doesn't matter what it is. Disco, salsa, anything. anything. Arabic music. Go go out and dance. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Saturday afternoons on 97.5. Joy riding the coast with a global vibe, pleasing your ears and inspiring your mind. Joy riding the coast with me, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Saturdays, 2 to 5, on 97.5. KBU and RadioMalibu.net. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about the power of dance and music to heal um, in a philanthropic fashion, how we can give through the creative arts. And specifically, we've spoken about dance in the first half of the show, and we're moving on to music. And our next guest is an absolutely terrific one. Her name is Sarah Aga. And Sarah was inspired by her experiences and seeing the complexity of illness and healing firsthand. She co-founded the Do It For Love Foundation with her fiancé, musician Michael Fonte, bringing the world of music and healing together. The Do It For The Love Foundation provides live concert experiences to adults in end stages of life-threatening illness, children with various challenges, as well as wounded veterans. Since being founded in the late 2013, the Do It For The Love Foundation has granted over 300 live concert experiences. In addition to her work in health and healing, Sarah also is the owner and creative director of Sarah Lua Designs, a sustainable jewelry line that is meant to inspire individuality, be made from sustainable and recycled materials that are good for the planet, and, and encourage the wearer to live free. 
Sara is dedicated to making a positive impact on the lives of others. Her passion has driven her to begin her master's in public health, which she hopes to use as a platform to concentrate on the effects of climate change and women's health. Her work, life, and play are all influenced by her mantra, be your best, serve the greater good, and rock out wherever you are. Welcome, Sara Lua. Thank you for having me. Wow, when you put when you put the introductions all together, um, I'm, I'm blushing right now when I hear about all the things that I'm doing, and I almost can't believe how it's all coming together. <laughs> well, you are a, a go-getter, you know, and I think that's what change agents do. You know, they, they get a lot of balls moving in the air. They show up for life authentically and with a lot of curiosity and are powerhouses for, for shift, and that's what you're doing. Thanks. Well, thanks for having me today. It's a pleasure. Let's talk about um, Do It For The Love Foundation and who benefits from it. We, we spoke a little bit about it in the introduction, but tell us in your own words the great work that you're doing and who gets to reap the beautiful music that is made. Sure. So the Do It For The Love Foundation um, was based on emotion. And my fiance is a musician, Michael Franti, and I'm an emergency room nurse. And so we both come from a world of giving back and serving the greater good. And so we had gone to a festival in Florida and we had met a couple named Hope and Steve, and Steve is living with ALS. And so they were tweeting at Michael over a period of time, and I'd seen Michael retweeting. And the day before the festival, Michael had mentioned that we'll be meeting this couple. And so being a nurse, I'm always curious about the story. So we went on their website, and their wedding video was there. And um, it was really beautiful. And of course, we're both crying. And so we met Steve the next day. And at this point, now he's in a wheelchair, not able to speak. Um, His wife, Hope, was reading his lips for us to help us communicate. So we took them to the side of the stage, gave them this really great VIP experience. Michael invited them out on one of my favorite songs, Life is Better With You. And um, Steve was in his motorized wheelchair and Hope was helping him dance. And he whispered, I want to get up and dance. And so she picked him up out of his chair and his body was super frail. And there's 20,000 people in the audience and everyone's crying and I'm crying and Michael's crying and Hope's crying. And the amazing thing was that this was the last day of the festival. And before then, Steve was just kind of seen as the guy in the wheelchair. And by taking him out on stage and introducing him as Steve, he was no longer identified by just by the disease he's living with, but as the individual that he is. And so it was such a powerful experience for us, for Steve as an individual, for Hope as his wife and caregiver, and for everyone in the audience, that Michael and I went home that night and we just thought, geez, we could do this for thousands of people and help create these experiences that help them feel significant, give them a night off to, you know, try to step out of the daily grind that they're in dealing with the conditions that they're living with um, and really help them heal or help them live the best life that they can live. And so we're providing these experiences for adults and children living in end stages of life-threatening illnesses, um, children with various challenges like autism, and then, of course, wounded veterans. And we also um, include um, PTSD. And, you know, we should talk about the value of music in healing trauma because there's significant research done. We've had um, amazing guests on the show that are spearheading this, this research in the laboratories as well as working with veterans, cancer patients, and children that 
are, are healed by music because of what music does to our brains, what it does to our soul, what it does to our ability to be mindful and present. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've seen that firsthand just working in the hospital. I'm, I've also worked on surgical wards and you see it, it can, it changes the energy within you and the positive, it brings a lot of positivity in and that really helps with healing. And the thing to remember is that for us is that not all of our wish grants live. Some of them pass away, but it's the experience, the end stages of life experience that we're trying to help or assist or change so I see the power of music I see people with their headphones on I see them connect and the biggest thing with my experience as a nurse is that music helps people find words to their emotions that they may not be able to express themselves and it's a form of expression and a form of release of any of those emotions that they're experiencing as well which has been incredible to witness and the, the situation that you, the moment that you describe of being with Hope and Steve when Steve was no longer the man in the wheelchair, but he could be, he wanted to dance. He wanted to be fully in his body, even though his body may not have been fully with him. You know, not, not everything was operational in the way that we would like to, to think classically, but yet he got to experience being in that flow and relief from the diagnosis. Totally. And that's, that's what we hear a lot about. You know, when we get people writing us back after their wish grant, one of the number one things we hear is that we haven't had a night like this since the diagnosis. This was a chance to forget about all of our worries. This was a chance to create memories. Um, it was really great because it's, it's not just about the individual, but also about the family. And I've seen that illness is family centered. It affects everyone in your circle. And this is also a way the foundation recognizes that and also provides experience for the caregivers who are so tirelessly putting in the energy. Being a nurse, I would go in and I'd work 12 hours and I knew that those 12 hours, my job was to care for my five patients and I would do that. But my mother was just diagnosed with breast cancer last year in May and I became the 24-hour caregiver and I thought I knew what that felt like and I really didn't. And it, it's hard. It's really hard. And so I really believe that the foundation and meeting all those amazing people that I see who work so hard and give so much and are so positive and strong really helped me get through that experience with my mom. She's now in remission and she went through chemo and, and that's we're, we're really happy with that diagnosis. But um, it's been it's been incredible to see that for the caregivers as well. You speak of wish grants. So how does the music musical experience get bestowed upon people? Do they write to you? Do you set up events? How does one experience this? That's a really good question. So you can go to our website, doitforthelove.org, and there's a online electronic form. It's super simple, so you can nominate yourself or someone that you know or care about or a family member or friend, and you can put it in a artist, a concert date that you know that's coming up. And if you just know that this person really loves music and you're not sure who they'd want to see or what experience they want, you can nominate them and our amazing staff will reach out to them and and get that information from them and see what we can set up. So we're, we um, are doing live concert experiences close to home, so we're not flying anyone anywhere. 
but it's close to home or if it's just a couple hour drive, if people can make that drive. So it's, it's a super simple concept and it really makes a significant difference in so many people's lives. So if somebody has a favorite artist or wants the experience, they, they um, log onto the website, they fill out the electronic form, and then hopefully there's a paired matching of the, the applicant or the nominee and the artist, and then they're given tickets and an experience for the night. Is that the idea? Yeah. So we, we want to create the most VIP ultimate experience for the individual. So we always do our best to have a meet and greet experience. We give up to four tickets um, to the individual and their family members so they can bring their best friends and their family with them. And then depending on the artist, um, we'll provide some great wish grant experiences. So we've had some with Ed Sheeran, Carlos Santana, Paul McCartney's let people come to their sound check. We had grateful, the Grateful Dead um, gave us tickets to their shows as well so we had some really amazing wish grants happening this summer so it's awesome getting the artists on board too our the feedback from the artists is that it changes them just as much as the individual as well having these powerful experiences that's phenomenal i mean and why not right the music is going on anyway and adding this other dimension of really conscious love to is people who would not normally be able to have that experience. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly how we felt, you know. These shows are happening. It's like why not be why not serve others with this amazing experience? Why not? I mean, it's it it serves it serves everybody. And plus it's just really neat. Who are some of your favorite artists that you've worked with to deliver these experiences? Oh my gosh, they're you know, we're so grateful for any artist that gets involved with us. So we have a huge roster. I'd mentioned some, but Christina Perry was really amazing. We just did a wish grant and we were able to document it. So that's on our website on doitforthelove.org and you can watch that experience. But it was up in the state of Washington and that was really fun to see Christina um, meet this young girl named Lola who's been going through cancer treatment and she went to the show with her mom and her, her family and so that was really fun to see that I was I cry every time I see the video oh <laughs> well and that's part of it too is it, it, it is when we do good things for others we become humbled we become more connected to ourselves with ourselves and, and, and present in the moment we're going to take a break to learn more about the fabulous Sarah Aga, please visit doitforthelove.org. You can also find her jewelry at saralua.com. And on Facebook, it's Do It For The Love Foundation. And the Twitter handle is at Design. Here come the two, and we will be right back. like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. Be a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, 
friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. So good. Welcome so back good. to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about the benefit and joys of dance and music. And you know what? You can download this podcast for free. It's kind, it's legal, it's available 24-7, and, it's on, and our entire library is on iTunes and at SoundCloud. Okay, we are talking with Sara Aga. I, you know, I have Sara Lua and Sara Aga. I've got the, my rhythm and the tempo messed up, so I apologize for that, but we know who we're talking to. <laughs> and we're, we're talking about Do It the Love Foundation, and... Um, Sara and her fiancé, Michael Franti, have, have created this amazing foundation to really grant musical experiences, live concert experiences to individuals and their families and loved ones who are going through life-threatening illnesses or end-of-life experiences to allow them to have a moment of relief and joy and presence in the moment. So, Sara, let's talk about what happens in that state of giving, you know, what, what you are doing is so philanthropic and so giving, but there's a huge upside to the giver as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the most amazing, um, I guess almost side effect, that would be my nursing terminology coming out to describe this, but the (laughs) unexpected, unexpected effects of the foundation is that there's this huge community that has now been created and it's included Previous wish grant recipients, donors, fundraisers, volunteers, um, our team that works with us. And so we're seeing these relationships being built, connections being made. There's a community, a sense of ownership for the foundation. And it's really amazing to see that people who may have never had their paths crossed have now come together and joined first forces. And they're taking that energy and they're giving it to the foundation. And they're also sharing it to other community efforts. So feeling that interconnectedness with others has been incredible to see um, firsthand as, a, as an effect of the foundation. And it is like a, a drug. I mean, it really does breed happiness. It breeds a, a heightened sense of positive emotion, awareness for what's going on in the moment. There is no downside to this giving. I don't know. No, there isn't. I mean, there's always, you always need to make sure you're putting some self care for yourself for sure. When you're giving, that's something I think I always like to speak about when we talk about philanthropy and giving, 
you can never forget about yourself because you want to always be able to be your best when you're serving, serving the greater good, which is part of my mantra. Um, but no, there isn't. And it's just, it's really amazing because you see that trickle down effect, that drug like effect going down into other, other aspects of your life and allowing you to live a more conscious life. And it makes you better in your relationship with your partner, with your husband, with your friends, with your children, with your neighbors. Um, so that's, that's really incredible. You have worked as a nurse and with international relief work. Talk a little bit about that experience and how it's helped shape the kind of person that you are today. Yeah, I went to my first experience. So I started working in the ER so that I was able to get the experience to go do international work. So my first experience was that I went to Haiti six months after the earthquake. I went down with the International Medical Corps, which is an amazing organization. And I worked there for almost four weeks um, in a hospital. We set up their first emergency room ever in Port-au-Prince. Um, and definitely the first thing I realized is what I had mentioned just earlier is that you can't forget about what you need to keep your tank full. I guess that's the best way to explain it. So a lot of times you get into these experiences and you just want to give and give everything that you have and you, you'll quickly burn out and it'll take you a lot longer to recover. So it was really humbling to take these trips and have to work in a conscious way to keep yourself going, keep your energy full, know, to have, know how to take care of yourself so that you can best take care of others. But it was amazing. I went to Haiti. Um, I saw a whole different world there. And then I went to Tacloban in the Philippines. And I worked with Robin Lim, who's a midwife, um, an American midwife who lives in Bali. And she has set up birthing clinics. She first started in Bali. She set up a birthing clinic called Bumi Sahat, which we have supported when the tsunami hit in Aceh she went there and set up a birthing clinic when the hate when the earthquake hit Haiti she went there set up a birthing clinic and then when the typhoon hit Tacloban Philippines she went there and she set up a birthing clinic so Michael and I went and I spent some time with her there and um, it's really amazing to be able to support to support locals we worked a lot it wasn't a intervention of sorts it was more like how do we support local efforts and that's been very eye-opening instead of just coming in and trying to rush in and save say try to save what's happening um, internationally it's to come in and really feel it out and understand what the culture is what their beliefs are what do they really need and how do I support their needs rather than what I think that community needs and that's been really, that's been the most eye-opening experience. And that ties in my master's program that I'm doing now. So uh, real, to really have a sense of cultural awareness. And this is exciting. The master's degree that you're pursuing in public health, where are you doing that? So I'm doing it through Canadian University, the University of Saskatchewan, which is a great university. And um, it's been super great because I can keep it flexible with everything else that's been going on. But it's been awesome because I get to tie in my experiences as a nurse and my experience with starting a foundation. And that was a really big growing learning curve and growing opportunity. And um, it also ties in the jewelry. And some people don't see that, but the jewelry that I do is meant to inspire people to be their authentic self. And um, it's about educating and helping people gain a sense of awareness and really, when you're doing public health, it's about empowering. So it's creating that same sense of ownership and confidence and belief in yourself. So it's been really great to see how all these different little worlds actually do tie into each other and are connected.
And I think that is probably one of the most valuable lessons or learnings that I've received from from being philanthropic, from doing what I do, is that we are interconnected. You know, none of us is an island. And in order for us to be our best selves and give the best of ourselves, we need to be aware of our own our own self care. You know, how to nourish ourselves mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, so that we can be our, our, our optimum and, and give the best. And then how we can help facilitate that in others so they can pay it forward. Yeah, absolutely. And not to feel guilty about it, you know, and believe that it's a humbling experience and believe in yourself. And the, the thing that I'm most passionate about is that you can engage on the most local level. So you don't need to cross an ocean or get on an airplane to feel like you've made a difference. There is someone in your neighborhood who can use your help or your support. And I really believe about starting local and engaging the community and finding ways of supporting your own community and then letting that spread and inspiring others, just like what you said, and people will pay it forward. Yeah, it's in our DNA. I mean, we don't think of it that way, but we are hardwired for this interconnectedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it. I believe that, and I've seen it, and that's been been really great and it's been an amazing experience to see that and what about music itself the power of music your fiance is an amazing musician he composes he performs he goes out and he connects with the public and in one song for example you know life it life is better with you it resonates for so many people and what is that i mean what is that common ingredient yeah. You know, it's interesting because when when we were um, first getting to know each other, you know, we'd Skype a lot and we we come from two different worlds that seem very far apart. But in both of what we were doing, we worked to make people feel significant. So my job, what I was the best at being a nurse was when I made people feel significant. And Michael is doing his best to do the same thing through his music. And so I never get tired of going and seeing live music or seeing his shows and seeing people's faces. And and the songs may have different meanings for every person, but music resonates in every culture. It transcends language. Melody is universal. It can connect people who may never speak the same language. Um, and so that's really, really amazing. And you go to a concert and you don't know the person next to you, but your favorite song comes on and you guys are singing the lyrics together and all of a sudden everyone in on the floor in front of this stage has now become your your best friend because you are connecting on that level. And um, it's been really great to see Michael do that and to see people connect um, through music and to see the happiness that it brings. And it, it just made me, rem- it reminded me of, um, we had our first Duke for the Love fundraiser in Aspen two years ago in August, because we just hit our, um, we're two years old this month. It's our two year birthday for the foundation, which is really exciting. Um, but this gentleman came up to me and said, my mom was living with stage four breast cancer. She really loved the Dixie Chicks. They weren't my favorite band, but I took her anyways. And she cis passed on, <laughs> and it's my favorite memory that I will ever have wow. from my mom. And so that's why we do it. You know, that's one of the reasons why the foundation has resonated with so many people and why I believe that now in August, two years later, we've done over 375 wish grants. So it's incredible. It is incredible. And 
life is definitely better because of you and the work that you're doing with the foundation. <laughs> and I want to thank you for spending time with us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. To learn more about Sarah Aga, please, uh, please visit saralua.com and doitforthelove.org. On Facebook, that contact point is Do It For The Love Foundation, and the Twitter handle is at Design. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my amazing and lyrical and creative guest today, Sarah Aga and Teresa Taylor, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. And deep appreciation and thanks to our producers who make us shine each and every week. Go out and make it a great one. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on TogiNet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts available at iTunes. To learn more about Lisa's filmography, felicitation, and philanthropy, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Each week, Harvesting Happiness presents engaging trendsetters, exploring our world through science, art, medicine, media, music, philosophy, politics, and the human heart, whose perspectives on life are sure to inspire, provoke, and engage. Lisa's diverse guests are a proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Like Lisa says, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following us on Twitter at hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Then join us again next week at this same time on the TogiNet Radio Network.